You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. So you think you've got what it takes to join the Alliance. Can you say the same thing when you're pitted against the Emperor's legions of stormtroopers, led by his Sith Enforcer Darth Vader? Mind you, this is the Empire that wiped out the Jedi Order and took over the Republic in a near-perfect coup. The course you will take is a dangerous one, and we are vastly outnumbered. We need beings of courage, intelligence, and strength of will. Commanders Michael Cohen and Matthew Frankie are waiting to debrief you. As veterans of the Clone Wars, they are some of the best. They even survived the Jedi Purge. You are fighting for freedom and hope now. So go on, get moving. Oh, and Rookie. Welcome to the Rebellion. Hello and welcome back to the Rebels Podcast. This is our first episode of Season 3 for the episode Steps Into Shadow. I am one of your hosts, Michael Cohen, and with me, as always, my faithful co-pilot, Matt the Crankster Cranky. Hey, what's happening, Mike and Rebels fans? It's back. It's great to be back talking yes. some Rebels oh. Season 3. Wow. Oh. Now, I'm going to say something. Okay. And I hope that um, that that uh, uh, Leland and uh, and and, uh, and and Bob Roth and and uh, and all those guys, if they're still listening to us now that we're talking about rebels, hopefully they are. I hope they are. I I'm gonna say something that I hope doesn't upset them. I really enjoyed talking about Freemaker. Right. Yeah. We had a really good summer. It was really oh, yeah. cool recapping all that stuff. It was a way better series than I think either of us anticipated. It oh, yeah. being, um, the story was just like, there was just more meat on those bones, right? We thought it would be like a fun snack and each episode was a meal uh, unto itself. So that it was great. We had a really good time, but man, am I glad that Rebels is back <laughs> and that we get to talk about some Star Wars Rebels because uh, that season premiere was something else. Um now, you tweeted something today. Uh-huh, yeah. I'm going to call you out in front of everybody. You tweeted something today. You said... Yeah, it, yeah you, go ahead. You tweeted, I was expecting more excitement Yeah. from from the premiere. And okay. I responded to you with the Rebels uh, uh, Twitter account uh, with, a, with a quote from a wise Jedi master who said... That uh, adventure and excitement aren't uh, aren't uh, that's not what that's not everything that a Jedi well it's not I what know. a Jedi is looking for in the first place right so that's true um it this premiere was everything I wanted and more uh, it mm-hmm. was so good um, and I am I I love it when I'm right uh, just because I like being right but uh, also because uh, when I'm right about things like like. Clone Wars hitting its stride in season three, so mm-hmm. just wait for Rebels to hit season three. Mm-hmm. I think I've been saying that for about two years now, and uh, and this season premiere, I think I uh, uh, bears that out, um, because 
the storytelling is at a completely different depth than it was in the first yeah. two seasons. And, and I think that I, I hope that that's going to continue through the season. Um, mm-hmm. and, and that, you know, we had our fun adventures, uh, but now we're going to get into the nitty gritty of it. Now it's about the real star Wars stuff. Now that we know these characters as well as we do, mm-hmm. it's time to start messing with our expectations a little bit. Right. So, yeah, yeah. um, that's, that's my feelings in a nutshell, but before we get into our recap, we have a little bit of news to talk about. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, well, we got a lot of stuff to cover, Mike, in yeah. this uh, this episode. So we're going to keep the news down to just one item, and it was actually a Facebook post that we were going to highlight. But we might as well start with it uh, from Martin yeah. Ailman. He asked us about this, and I had told him on Facebook that we were going to talk about it anyway. But uh, yeah. I think the big story right now is obviously is concerning Rebels, and I guess all the animation stuff going on is Dave Filoni mm-hmm. is out as a supervising director mm-hmm. of rebels yes now here's the thing obviously a lot of you listening to this you probably already know this but hey he's just out as rebel justin ridge took over as you can see on the credits of this particular episode but here's the thing i think most of us would agree that we think that he is getting ready to or he's in the middle of working on a new animated project at the very least if not something greater what do you think mike well look Listeners, uh, faithful Star Wars fans that have been with us since the beginning, uh, since Frontlines, uh, have I ever steered you wrong? I think I've been pretty. I think I've been pretty good on this stuff, right? Yeah. I mean, like, what did I tell you? I told you season three was going to be the best yet. Is it the best yet? Yes, it is. <laughs> I and I think that I usually call this stuff pretty accurately. Um, Rebels is going to be five seasons. They, they they have another two years of this, I think. Um, Kanan, Kanan's going to be out by the end of this season or the next season. Um, I'll tell you guys all that right now. Um, and I was talking to Matt Campbell about that the other day. And, uh, and, and, and I'll, like, you can put that one in the bank because yeah. that's the way it's going to play out. But um, they have a... They, they have a plan for this. They have to because it, it butts yeah. right up against... Um, a new hope so you can't this story can't just go on indefinitely um the characters will make it out but but i don't think that um that all of them will and i don't think that they will emerge on the other end as the same team that they are right now um season one and two were about bringing the family together and the rest of the series is going to be about tearing them apart and and so we're at the midpoint of that right now. The the strife is beginning, um, and I think by the end of the season, it's going to be really clear mm-hmm. exactly where that's going. Yeah. So so I'm very confident in saying that this series is not going to last longer than five seasons. I could actually see them wrapping it up next year. Well, um, I was going to say that, Mike. I said I might even go on the under on yeah. that one. You know? Yeah, especially yeah. because season one was was thirteen episodes, right? And then mm-hmm. season two comes back, and it was twenty two or twenty three. I can't remember. Like twenty two. Yeah. It's always so hard to keep track because they do the hour long opening, and it, you know whatever. But um, so the, like official episode counts are a little bit weird, but um, they beefed up season two and they beefed up season mm-hmm. three as longer seasons <clears throat> that might have affected their their timeline on telling the story it might have just given them more time to play with 
but a little bit more breathing room to tell the stories. But I will tell you that that this first of all, this series has an end date. It just does. Whether right. whether it's season four or season five, Dave Filoni knows, Kathleen Kennedy knows, and I'm sure a couple of other people know. Um, when Rebels goes, I think that this era of of Lucasfilm will also be coming to a close. And what what I mean when I say that is, um, Lucas but, Animation, it it's it, it sort of it's had this this um identity of like we work on one show and uh, and and that one show is sort of like the entire focus of lucas animation um and that's you know clone wars and then rebels um but i think what we're gonna see in a couple of years and i think we might be starting to see this already with this news is we're gonna start to see I think more than one series in production at a time. Um, I mean, Freemaker shows that they can that because that that's not Lucas Animation, right? Like that's no. I don't know. I'd have to look at it, but it's whoever does the Lego stuff. So it's a it's a different animation studio. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I'm talking about like Story Group, right? Like the Freemaker Adventures shows that they can handle uh, running two productions at a pretty high quality at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I do think, I think we're going to end up with something. I think we might end up with something in either a uh, pre prequel era, like a Knights of the old Republic. Um, and then something in the sequel era. Um, I, that's would, where I think we're going yeah. either, yeah. either, either leading up to like, and, and I think that in the same way that rebels was the lead up to, a new hope. I think whatever Dave Filoni has is is shifting gears and moving over to supervise now is or whatever the next series is. I think we'll pick up after Return of the Jedi and mm-hmm. we'll carry on um, perhaps a little bit longer and a little bit more indefinitely to fill in that that thirty year gap. Mm-hmm. I think once Episode Eight comes out, a lot of our questions will start to be answered. There will still be mysteries by the time we get to Episode Nine. But but I do think that that a lot of that stuff, Luke was the big mystery, right? Mm-hmm. And once the mystery of Luke Skywalker is is fully revealed, then we can go back and we can start to tell more stories about what happened between six and seven. Right. And if you look at that timing, we have another year before uh, uh, episode eight, right? I mean, we're yeah. coming up in the home stretch to Rogue One. And then, and then it's the immediate countdown to episode eight. And so what you end up with, we've got season three of Rebels that's going to go through Rogue One. Season four of Rebels that's going to go through episode eight. See, maybe season five of Rebels, but you know, the more we talk about this, the more I think that season four might be it. Maybe yeah. a movie to cap it off, but I'll get to that in a second. Um, and, and I think that what you'll see is like, like we'll get to episode eight, episode eight will reveal so much about where Luke was, uh, how, how Kylo Ren, uh, you know, how Ben became Kylo Ren, um, spoilers for the Phantom, uh, for the Phantom Menace, no spoilers for the force awakens. Um, I, and, and everything else sort of in between all the other stuff that we want to know about. 
and I think that uh, I think that that'll give them the ability. I mean, like the fact that that the movie is shot means that the story exists. You know, um, they're going back for reshoots apparently pretty soon, but um, but the story exists. It's out there. Like it it, it is. It might not be concrete for us yet, but it is concrete for the story group. They know what happens, which means that Dave knows what happens, which means that Dave has the ability now to start writing a story or help to write a story that takes place between six and seven. So that's what that's what I think is going to happen. I think the other part of that is is whether they're doing two series at once or whether they're doing a series and then they've also got animated features in production. I do think that they're going to get there. Yeah. Um, they would be stupid not to. They're doing it with Marvel, and look at how long it's taken for Marvel to get there. Um, like there is, there's a there's Spider-Man: Homecoming, which is next summer. Right. There is also a Spider-Man animated film that's being done as well. And nobody really talks about it because everybody's focused on Spider-Man Homecoming. But there is an animated film that's being headed mostly by Sony Pictures. But that is part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And that will get a cinematic, like a a theatrical release. Um, And it's going to be a real animated movie. I mean, like, uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller are the ones who i don't know if they're directing it or they're just producing it or if they wrote it i can't remember but they're involved with that spider-man story obviously they are also involved with uh with uh the han Han solo Solo. movie um so like they are over there at disney and working with disney and marvel and lucasfilm and all that sort of stuff um doing all sorts of crazy stuff but but i guarantee you i guarantee you that lucas is like Lucasfilm is looking at Lucas animation and saying, okay, you know, you guys are a fully fledged animation studio. Now you've been running for, I mean like, geez, man, it's eight years. I, this past August for, for front lines, which means 10 years for Dave Filoni and Lucasfilm animation, Lucas animation. Mm -hmm. Right. So like they've been up and running for 10 years, they've been doing their thing it's time for them to start, you know, tackling bigger challenges, I think. So, yeah. uh, so Dave gone from supervise the supervising director position, but obviously not gone, gone. Um, the other part of that is that obviously, obviously the stories are already figured out for rebels because they record, they would be recording the audio for season five. Now, if season five is going to happen, mm-hmm. um, so like yeah that's that like that's how far out they are on this stuff the only reason we didn't get a heads up with clone wars is because it got canceled early right Right. otherwise we totally would have known based on you know actors being freed up and doing other things um yeah so it it, it's a i don't know it's a little bit of a tumultuous time i think for Lucas animation. And I think they're going to be going through a bit of a transition, but I think that, that it'll be worth it. I, there's no cause for alarm right now. Everything's fine. No, oh, heck no. No. I, no, I, I mean, like you, everybody saw the premiere. It was awesome. And Dave did not, he was not the supervising director. Yeah. There was nothing wrong with the with with the premiere, right? It was awesome. Some of the best star Wars rebels we've gotten so far. It's going to be hard for them to top, 
uh, Vader in in season two. But um, you know, Thrawn is great and everything. But come on, he's no Darth yeah. Vader, right? That's not well, his fault. That's not a that's not no. a, a, a criticism of of Grand Admiral Thrawn. Which I mean, like you guys know, I'm not a huge fan. But um, you know, you just you can't compete with Vader. No, that's why I said it, in, in that tweet I said it's like you know I wasn't a, this this premiere for season three yeah. didn't hit me like of course uh, season two you know you got Twilight and in the end with a Twilight of the Apprentice I mean yeah that was bookended by some amazing stuff and this one and it was good I don't want to say it wasn't good I just, yeah. it just didn't hit me like those and it and it shouldn't and it doesn't need to and it and that's fine you know it's still a great premiere and as far as Dave Filoni goes. He's still like involved in everything. Yeah. He's still involved in story stuff. Oh, for sure. That, but the thing with him is, they're like, "Hey, we got you. If we need you, you're right here. But we need you to take over this other project." Yeah. You know, which is hopefully, like you said, Mike. I hope that they go from this point of yeah. storytelling where they're at now, like you said. And I want to see him go. Leave this behind. Okay, we have enough in this area. Yeah. Let's go. I mean, look at all the years we have from six to seven. I yep. mean, crazy stuff. And I get it. It's going to be prequel-ish. You know what I mean? But it's still. I mean, it would be some great stuff to know about. It, like you said, with Ben and Luke and all that. It's just and Han and Chewie and Leia and there. Yeah. You know, it's just there's a lot of stuff there. So I hope. I and look, my my greatest hope and dream. Uh, is that the story that they are working on right now is the story of uh, uh, Shara Bay and um, and I believe it's, it's, it's I always forget I always forget Poe's father's name I think it's Kess Dameron I don't remember uh, yeah. I'm looking it's from the the um, Shattered Republic comics yeah Kess Dameron um, Shattered Empire yeah yeah Shattered Empire I uh, they are the parents of of Poe Dameron. Um, and, uh, I mean, Shattered Empire kind of covers it a little bit, but, but Poe clearly grew up around the rebellion and, and the, and the new Republic and everything. I would love it if, if, uh, Shara and Kess and a young Poe are characters in this new series, um, mm. or at least, you know, show up at some point, um, and <laughs> yeah. that we get Luke and we get Han and we get Leia and we get young Ben and, and and wow. all of that sort of stuff i mean like i i think that that's what everybody needs now or not necessarily now i don't think we need it yet like you say like there's a lot of years in there but let's let episode eight happen and then once episode eight has happened like we need to get that that gap filled in a little bit more um yeah. than it has been we've gotten a little bit towards the you know like the the further end of that in the lead up to to uh, uh, the Force Awakens, with all the journey to the Force Awakens stuff, but what we need is is that stuff, um, not immediately after Return of the Jedi because we've got um, the uh, the aftermath series for that, but mm-hmm. sort of in that in that middle period, you know, it would be it would be really great to to get a little bit of that, but um, yeah, I I. I think that we, there are big things in store. I think that the reason why they haven't announced it, which I still find very odd, the reason why they haven't announced it is because what they have is not ready to be announced yet. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, I, you know, I, I think that, that 
that there will be something in the next week or two. And obviously we will talk about that when that happens. Um, yeah. More than likely, you know, we're recording this on Monday night. It'll go out Wednesday. More than likely tomorrow afternoon they'll post something. <laughs> and uh, everything that yeah. we've said will be irrelevant. But, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. it is what it is. Hey, so. Well, that's why we're moving to Tuesdays starting uh, next week. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we'll catch some some news as it comes out. Yeah, so. for sure. Yeah, so so all those out there, rest assured. I think uh, obviously we we know for this episode, good hands and Justin Ridge, and uh, yeah. looking for bigger things from uh, Dave Filoni. Yeah. So well, and and if other people out there listening, if they've got ideas about what they want to see next from Dave Filoni and Lucas Animation, um, or how they think that Rebels is going to end, uh, we love to hear from you guys. So yeah, you can sure. Check us out on Facebook sure. or. Uh, email us rebelspodcast at gmail.com we never say the email at the beginning of the show so there it is there you go <laughs> rebelspodcast at gmail.com we like there to hear go. from you guys you know we you know we used to get a lot of fan mail not fan mail we used to get a lot of listener mail i mm. uh, i mean i like to think of you guys as fans anyways but uh but you know you're listeners um on on front lines and uh and and we don't get it as much on rebels and i don't know why that is um, cause we have like a pretty similar number of listeners, but, yeah. um, you know, I, I email us guys, yeah. email us Jeez, or posts on Facebook or something. I think we got some posts. I yeah. think one of the biggest problems is that every time somebody becomes an avid listener, eventually they just become friends with us, you know, yeah. like they end up writing our news like Tim or, uh, <laughs> I, I, uh, another yeah. podcast on the Thunderquack Network, like Jason, or you know, <laughs> yeah, so. I know, doing big things, big yeah. things, cool. All right, let's get hey, into the recap. I guess it's time for the recap. Let's do it. Battles leave scores. I will never let my friends get hurt again. This is Ty SS25. You can call me Wedge. My friends, my friends. <laughs> Everybody ready? Yep. Let's go. Governor Price, these rebels have proven particularly stubborn. I underestimated the commander. To defeat an enemy, you must know them. Embrace your destiny. I'm the one in the middle. The Bendu. I must become more powerful. Turn away before it's too late! All right, Mike. Here we go. Episode number one, Steps into Shadow. Sometime after the events at Malachor, Ezra, older and more powerful, leads the rescue of Hondo Anaka and his cellmate, Turba, at an Imperial prison. Turba, running ahead of the group, finds an ATDP waiting and meets his end. Their, uh, their way blocked, Ezra displays an impressive and unsettling use of the Force. Using a mind trick, he manipulates the Imperial combat driver behind the ATDP's controls to methodically blast stormtroopers. The Imperial soldiers run for their lives and plead with the driver, but to no avail. The Padawan leads the walker over the edge of the landing platform and it falls into the abyss below. Hey, look, so, look, no, yeah. Yeah, before we get into this, yeah. We have to address something, okay? Okay, okay. We have to we constantly have to say ATDP because we don't have another shorthand for it, right? Um yeah. 
like AT-AT or something. Yeah, like with with or or you know ATST or, rolls off or the Walker. But yeah. we refer to the the big ones are Walkers. They're Imperial Walkers, right? The the right. small ones are like the the from Return of the Jedi ATSTs are Chicken Walkers. You don't hear people say that a lot anymore, but but you know that was a term that we used back in the day. So the sure. ATDP is a smaller ship or it's chip mm-hmm. I, I uh, walker than the ATST and and we but we don't have we don't have any like we don't we don't have like a word for it right we don't we don't have no. a, a a nickname for it and I think that we need to have a nickname for it so <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna you propose you got one? Okay. I'm gonna propose pigeon walkers okay what do you think you like that does that work you for you chick- we got chicken walkers. Hey, why not? Let's do, yes. let's do pigeon walkers. There you go. Okay. I don't know if that's right. any easier than saying ATDP, <laughs> but I heard you say ATDP, and like each time, like you had to like ATDP. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I had to slow down. <laughs> so yeah, I had to slow down for yeah. sure. So for that sure. is that is um, official uh, Rebels podcast pigeon. canon. Uh, they are now pigeon <laughs> walkers. I think um, they kind of have that. They kind of have that goofy look to them because they're they're not as intimidating as. Uh, as ATSTs, because ATSTs got like all those, like hey, they got like the turrets and then the things on the sides, like the missile launchers yeah. and stuff. Like well, they're a little bit scarier. But all you got to do is think about them like bobbing their head like a pigeon, and then yeah. that's where you get the yeah. pigeon. You know, if, yeah. if the <laughs> maybe exactly. a little bit there. Um, but yeah, you know what? Here's the thing. <laughs> here's the opening. Okay, yeah. we got here's some things. Like when I first watched this, I, I always jot down notes. And I've thought to myself, you know what? I wish we had a Star Wars crawl for the opening of each of these seasons so we know yeah, how yeah. much time has passed. But when you check the uh, StarWars.com, we actually do know, Mike, how long has passed. It has yeah. been six months since the last time we saw these people. Um, so obviously, Ezra seems like he's grown a lot in six months. Um, he must have had a huge growing growth spurt. But, uh, <laughs> you know, but we got some changes there. And, and obviously, the biggest thing is his ability in the force has grown immensely in six months Mm -hmm. and this opening scene is really uh, i'm watching this and and i'm loving it because we get to see he's been studying with this holocron and we'll get to that in a minute here um but mike this opening full of action and i just love the way he manipulates this driver and it's it's a it's a show of the force that um, I'm trying to think if we've seen this type of thing before where, you know, he's he's taking an AT driver and he's making him shoot his own people and then he walks it off a cliff. Kind of dark, kind of um, a little over the top for a Jedi. So what do you think about this opening? Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely uh, is meant to convey to us that Ezra is on the wrong path right now. Um, and it's not, yeah. I, I like that they come in and it's a bit of a cold open. We're in the middle of an adventure already, which is the best yeah, way to come into cool. Star Wars. Um, yeah. something, you know, like all the best Star Wars movies start that way. Um, I, I mean, I should say all of the Star Wars movies basically start that way, but I, I, the best ones have a really good one. Um, and, and that's where we're at with this, right? Um, it mm-hmm. is. It, it, like we're in the middle of it and we don't know the context of a lot of stuff all of a sudden you know Ezra is older he's got a green lightsaber now he's got a DL-44 blaster that looks real slick um, they're rescuing Hondo I, I, so we don't really know the context of like you know uh, how we got to that point 
but we did. We're there. We're dealing with it. And then all of a sudden, Ezra starts doing something that we immediately get this gut sense of like, this is not, this is not, he's not acting the way a Jedi should act, you know? Um, It's so funny because this is, it it is so similar to Anakin's story, um, but, but there's sort of this other element to it where, and we're not quite there yet, but Mm -hmm. we know that, that really the thing that's, that's leading to this um, obviously, and we'll talk about it a little bit later, but his, his failure um, on Malachor and mm-hmm. and, uh, and and what's happened to Kanan, but also, like, where Kanan is at is, is having a lot to do with this. So, like, the last six months, uh, Ezra's been on his own, and he's basically been completing his own training, and he's using that holocron to do it, and... And it, you know it's dangerous. He's he's in a he's in a very dangerous place, and it's going to make him vulnerable to manipulation from outside forces. Um, mm-hmm. And I think we're going to see that in the next few episodes, uh, mm-hmm. definitely in the next episode, because we know somebody is making a return in the next episode. And <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Yet another yeah. return because he's like a bad penny. He just keeps turning up. <laughs> I love that. They have the, well, like you said, Mike, it, it is. It's this cold opening yeah. where we open up right in the middle of a mission. You know, Eb, Zeb, Z- Sabine, Chopper, they're all there. Or, they're there or get, as uh, Hondo, the greatest character oh, yeah. ever, refers to them. This is Purple great, right? guy, Mando Purple girl, guy. Ezra Bridger. <laughs> well, you know what's funny is... I had written that too. I had written that down. It's like he says purple guy, and I couldn't make out what he was saying, so I had to turn on the, the closed caption. Yeah, like, yeah. What is he calling Sabine? He go, oh, Mando girl. That's so great. That's why I love this. They're in Naraka prison, so they're trying, or Naraka, they're trying to break him out, and they do eventually. But again, like I said, this opening is showing the highlights, or showing how, you know, Ezra's grown, not only physically, obviously, but but also, um, yeah. you know, kind of, kind of, in the force as well, and even even Hondo notices when he's going down the hallway there, taking yeah. out these lightsaber, uh, uh, taking out these stormtroopers. It's like, yeah. wow. Well, and you, you know, get this. Uh, go ahead. Yeah, and at first we feel like, oh, like Ezra's, Ezra is where Kanan was when we met Kanan, mm-hmm. right? Like that's where yeah. he's caught up to where Kanan was at. Now that Kanan is a knight, Ezra is like he's the he's fully a Padawan, um, mm-hmm. and and he's sort of at that that. Anakin's young Anakin Skywalker, um, early Kanan sort of level. And, uh, and then they go out and it's like, Oh no, there's something more going on here. And, you know, they, like they talk about it a little bit later, but, yeah. um, and then we'll get into it when we get to that point, but, but he is advancing quickly and there's mm-hmm. only one explanation for that. Right. So, yeah. Well, yeah, we'll get there. And, and the highlight, it's the very end of the scene where he knocks that, uh, pigeon walker off. There you go. Um, you get this ominous music, and yeah. I think it's Sabine who says, "When did Canaan uh, teach you that?" And it's it, he says he didn't. And it's like, whoa, you know, like he's just coming out like, "Hey, he didn't teach me that. I'm learning this all on my own." And we'll find out in a second yeah. what's going on. Uh, Mike, go ahead and we'll we'll play this yeah. clip, and then uh, we'll talk about it. Uh, reprimanded by Hera for losing Turba, Ezra retreats to his quarters. There, he opens his Sith holocron and speaks to the voice within. I must become stronger, more powerful, Ezra says. The details of the mission. Turbo got himself killed. It's not my fault. <sighs> they never would have succeeded without me. Don't they know that? 
Your anger gives you strength, gives you focus. You can see things clearly your friends cannot. Now, what else do you desire? They can't see. If they can't see, I must become stronger, more powerful. I will never let my friends get hurt again. So here's the thing with this with this clip right here, and, and we see the influence the Sith holocron has on Ezra, and you got Nika, Nika Futterman who's doing the voice of the, I guess the presence they're calling her. Um, but only, and we remember from last season, the uh, last episode, we heard from Darth Maul. Only someone, I believe he says, only someone who uses the dark side or, or something to that effect can open a Sith holocron. So here's Ezra, he's for the last six months, has been opening this holocron, getting this information, learning in the Force, and now we're seeing what he can do with it. And you know, when he's talking like this, Mikey, you can hear definitely like, you know, it's like I'm listening to somewhat of Anakin again and Luke again when, when they're in this point of their training where they think they are better than they should be, you know what I mean, or, or something like that. Yeah. And, you know, you're hearing it again. It's more so with Anakin, I think with with his um i guess confidence when when he shows how well it, how, how fast he progresses mm -hmm. you know so you're kind of getting those similar type of things going on with 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 these jedi so um we got this with the uh with the holocron mike what do you think about that yeah yeah well and i'll, pu I'll put it to rest right now like because i know that people online are going to say like oh was that Asajj ventress's voice and and you mm -hmm. mentioned it's nika futterman who voiced Asajj Ventress so you're not far off if you felt that way watching the episode but um I'll tell you like if you haven't if you have what's what's the is it Dark Disciple is that the Asajj Ventress novel yeah the with Clone her Wars and novel? uh yeah her with, and um, um yeah the the, the dread guy <laughs> yeah I always forget his name we like, always yeah. forget his name golly anyway yeah I know uh, yeah by the uh, spoilers, I mean the book's been out for like a a year or so. Yeah, mm -hmm. about a year. So you've had a year to read it, um, and it's not that big of a spoiler because everybody kind of knew that she was heading in that direction, anyways. Yeah. But she, by the end of her story, is not really a Sith, and she never really was, right? So, so her voice coming out of the holocron wouldn't make any sense. So it, it that is not specifically Asajj Ventress. It is, I think it's meant to evoke something similar to like a Mother Talzin um, sort of dark side presence. And, yeah. and I think that, that it's similar to the, to the moment in, at the end of the Clone Wars when Bane comes out of the sarcophagus, right? And it's, but it's not really Bane. It's the yeah. dark side, right? And it's this other thing. And Yoda says like, like you're not, but this isn't the path. You're not actually, you didn't live forever. You didn't, you didn't achieve immortality. You aren't Darth Bane. So I think it's a similar thing of like, there is um, an impression that Asajj Ventress uh, left on the dark side or, or possibly that the dark side left on her or probably both. I think if you talk to Dave Filoni, he would, he would give you that very Yoda answer of like, it's, it, both answers are correct right mm -hmm. um but that they the those two things have affected each other um or or as we should be referring to the dark side the bogan um mm -hmm. it, oh, yeah. it's yeah. taking on this bit of a person of a personality trait um 
from Asajj Ventress, and that's why that's why you can hear a voice that is the same. So that's my justification. That's how I thought of it when when it happened um, when we heard mm-hmm. that voice. But uh, but for those who might be like, I don't know, um, yeah, speculating that Asajj Ventress might make a return. Let me assure you that is not possible. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and just the fact that he's been using this thing for a while, um, man, I was really starting to think, man, how much, you know, how does he learn from this mm-hmm. thing? I mean, is it all just this presence that talks to him and tells him, you know, it maybe trains him somehow? Because as we'll find out, uh, you know, Kanan hasn't been around. So we'll, I guess we'll get to that point in a few minutes here and, yeah. and we'll discuss this more. Uh, meanwhile, Governor uh, Price meets with Tarkin, reporting that Lothal is secure. But in the wake of the rebel attack on the prison, Price asks for the Seventh Fleet and a new commander. In exchange for uh, for a ship, Hondo tells the rebels of Yarma and its hidden Imperial Salvage Yard Reclam Station. The rebels resolve to steal Y-Wings from the facility, and Commander Sato promotes Ezra to Lieutenant Commander, placing him in charge of the mission. Kanan, uh, distant after losing his sight, goes to talk with Ezra. But he finds the Sith holocron and is incredulous that Ezra has used the dark side to open it. Kanan takes uh, takes it away from his apprentice. Kanan, uh, hey, what are you doing here? I think it's time for us to talk. Really? Uh, now is not a good time. I've been promoted and assigned a really important mission. Yeah, I've heard. Holocron? You opened it? Yeah, I opened it. So what? Ezra, you know only someone who uses the dark side can open this thing. Well, the things I've learned from it have really helped me. You're using it? Maybe you should too. You might actually learn something. Ezra, do you have any idea how dangerous this path is? Everything I've learned has helped me win one battle after another. I'm using it for good. Acting out of anger offers quick results, but it's a trap. Not for me! I can't let you keep this. Fine. I don't need it. Just like I don't need you. Oh, man. Cutting Kanan, man, right to the bone right there, Mike. But uh, a lot of things going on in, in between this uh, this this uh, audio clip here. First of all, we got to talk about uh, Governor Price and Tarkin. They're discussing the Seventh Fleet, which I believe, I'm guessing that's, um, uh, uh, not Tarkin, but uh, that's, Thrawn's fleet, uh, if I'm assuming right, right. I don't know if you got any other information on that. Uh, you know, I mean, th- those who are like huge fans of Thrawn probably know that the Seventh Fleet is his. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and they're probably all like salivating at the idea that maybe like uh, that that uh, Sunter fell or or you know other characters from the the expanded universe from the legends universe might might be making their way on the show at some point and and they very well could be at the at the mention of that but um yeah but i don't know i don't know what the seventh the significance of the seventh fleet um okay. hopefully it's 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 something that people are excited about i i i don't think that it would be in there if it wasn't but yeah, yeah. I don't it's know. A, yeah, it was just a quick scene just to tell you what's going on. Because this, this episode kind of jumped back and forth a lot. And uh, we got uh, Commander Sato. He says he's going to exchange a ship for Hondo, you know, for Hondo, for intel um, that he gets. And he gets the intel from the Reclam Station. They got all these Y-Wings 
that uh, the empire has confiscated um, and they're just basically destroying them. So, hey, I got some Y-Wings, some bombers for you to add to the fleet. Of course, the rebels are gonna want this kind of stuff. And um, let's get to this, this, this clip here. So, like I said, Mike, earlier we find out that after the events of Twilight of the Apprentice, Kanan has put himself in somewhat of an, I guess, exile maybe uh, on Chopper Base there on Atalon. And uh, he finally kind of comes out of it a little bit. He talks to Ezra, who's nervous about the uh, the holocron. You can tell by the way he's talking, like, whoa, you know, Kanan comes in and he you know, confronts him about this holocron. And he finds out that he has opened it and has used it. And, you know, you hear Kanan, he can't believe that he's using this thing. And, and you get this bickering between the two about uh, him opening up and him using it. And, you know, Kanan says, hey, you get quick results from it, but... You know, it's ultimately the path to the dark side. And obviously, Ezra doesn't know that yet. He's still learning. But I don't know. What do you think about this This Kanan putting himself in this kind of exile? Like after the events of Twilight, he just kind of, I think maybe he lost, as I think we'll find out, he kind of loses his way in the force a little bit. Is that what you think, Mike? Yeah, well, I think that, that, um, that Kanan... Uh, I mean, like, I'd have to take a look. I'd have to take a look at the at the the, the episode numbers again, and sort of, you know, I, mm -hmm. I haven't really reviewed it that much. But yeah. um, he was not a Jedi Knight for very long before he was sort of thrown into the into the fire, so to speak, um, right. against Maul and and uh, uh, the obviously the Inquisitors and and the threat of Vader being there. Yeah. Um, and everything kind of went down the way it went down, um, and it was out of his control. And and I think that, in the same way that Ezra feels guilty and wants power so that he can control the situation in the future, uh, Kanan, because he's older, has had a bit of an ex existential crisis of like well i don't have control i can't have control so what's the point in even trying sort of thing right mm -hmm. um and and i think that obviously uh, being blinded um and and even as a jedi i you know it, it's he has to relearn some things right he has to yeah. and he does this episode yeah yeah he sure. definitely does right yeah, but yeah. um but but he was not a jedi for a very long time right yeah. from the end of the clone wars up until really the beginning of the series um when he meets ezra he wasn't really a jedi he was something else and then he very quickly thrust himself back into that world and struggled with it the whole time mm -hmm. and now here's a real challenge here's a, a a real personal struggle for him to deal with and meanwhile he has this padawan and i don't think that um, I think much like Obi-Wan, that, that Kanan was too inexperienced in, in um, sort of the, that aspect of, of um, the Jedi custom uh, to take on a Padawan. Um, yeah. and, and so similar things are happening. There's a reason, like the, the reflections are so obvious that there's a, a clear reason why Ezra is acting as Anakin did. And that that you know Luke, um, when he first encounters Yoda, is very much the same. And it isn't until after 
Luke gets Yoda's influence, you know, a much wiser. Uh, I, I mean, Obi Wan was pretty wise at the point that that he met Luke, but they didn't spend a lot of time together. Right. Um, but but they, you know, like they all say very similar things. They have very similar attitudes, and I think that's because they they are they're these incredibly powerful Jedi, these incredibly powerful Padawans, without clear guidance. So they just kind of feel their way through the force. And when that happens, they're bound to, to run up against the dark side. And without the proper guidance, um, they can easily fall. And, mm-hmm. and that's what we saw with Anakin. And, and it might be what we see with Ezra. Um, and thankfully, Luke had the influence of Yoda. Um, and, and I think his own inner strength and, and the history of his father mm-hmm. to help him combat that, right? Um but I mean, I th- eventually we will learn. I think that that Ben Solo falls to the same to the same temptation yeah. um, for quick power, and uh, and like that's really what it comes down to. Um, but you know, Kanan knows better. But Kanan is of that Obi Wan Kenobi school of Jedi, right? He is. He he has a lot in common with that character. Um, Ezra is obviously in that Anakin Skywalker side of things. So Quinlan yeah. Voss, that's his name. There you go. Quinlan Voss. There it is. Yeah, because <laughs> Quinlan Voss is another one that I would put like on the Anakin side, right? Uh-huh. Um, and then you go with Kit Fisto. Kit Fisto is over on that Obi-Wan side, right? Uh, so there's sort of those two schools of Jedi. Um, and that, that the Anakin school of Jedi are the ones who led to the downfall, you know? Um, mm-hmm. But not... Not for lack of, of fault on the on the side of the uh, the the Obi Wan style Jedi, um, in their sort of arrogance to not of not paying attention. But yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's like I said with 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 Kanan. Even Hera, uh, just before the scene, kind of confronts him a little bit about, hey, you know, you've been gone for a long time. You kind of you kind of distanced yourself from the crew, and and part of it maybe he's kind of feeling sorry for himself, and he doesn't know how to deal with not being able to see and and it's just messing with his connection to the force and he hasn't realized yet and he soon will of how more in tune you can be if you you know you can still take away your eyesight and still have all these senses to be able to to use the force and we'll get to that point in a second here but um uh, go ahead mike we'll continue yeah, uh, let's see. Are we? We're just after the clip, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, meditating at the outskirts of the base, Kanan hears a voice. He walks to it, and out of the earth rises a giant being. It could sense Kanan's imbalance and is attuned to the Force, centered between the light and the dark. I'm the one in the middle, the Bendu, he says. I can teach you to see if you're willing. And uh, this is our introduction to... Uh, There's the uh, intro. Yeah, yeah, the Bendu. Um, to the Bendu. My- the Bendu, yeah, which of course we all know is something that George Lucas came up with the Jedi Bendu a long time ago, and the Ashla yeah. and the the, the Ashla and the the bogey, yeah. So this is something that's been around for a long time, and mm-hmm. it gives me that Mortis type of vibe. And I'm not just I'm not exactly sure how to take this quite yet. Here's the thing: I love Tom Baker and what he did with the voice. I mean. The voice acting is fantastic with this particular character. I, it was fantastic they got Tom Baker to do this. Um, and I like how this thing kind of... I kind of like it. You know, I like this Bendu thing and how he's showing Kanan the way and he's neither light nor dark. Um, it still can be kind of confusing, though. 
um, for for like the standard audience. So these are this is kind of a concept that you're gonna have to maybe we'll find. Obviously, we're gonna find out more in next episode of what's going on with him. But um, Mike, what's your interpretation of the bandit here? Yeah, he's um, he's not light or dark, right? In terms of of you know the Jedi or Sith, um, I do think. I do think that he is a benevolent force, though. So, mm-hmm. I, I I think that that um, you're right. Like, it, it, he does. It reminds me a lot of the Mortis stuff, which I, which is the most recent Clone Wars that I watched because I went back in the midst of last season, um, and sort of with the with the the stuff that was going on um, with with a lot of the story. I mean, was it in the midst or was it after the season ended? Um, I sort of went back. Oh, that's right. It was after the season ended because um, I wanted to to get refreshed on Ahsoka and mm. what happened to her during the Mortis trilogy because gotcha. um, we had talked about you know like she's she, her physical body might be gone but her um, her her force spirit could continue in the uh, you know somewhere because mm. she was linked to. Um, to the to uh, the daughter, um, when the daughter was destroyed, her life force went into into Ahsoka to return Ahsoka to to uh, to the light side. So um, I went back and I watched it recently. Really, really enjoyed it, having had like so much distance and so much more context. Um, going back and watching it, so like I highly recommend go back and watch the Mortis trilogy. Such a great section of the clone wars such a great arc from the clone wars um and and that arc it there's a lot of echoes in things that um that the bendu says um and this is like the the bendu sort of sits in that place with the force that that i like to contemplate because we get a lot of the light side we get a lot of the dark side and we've also seen in context of star wars that neither one of them works mm-hmm. um you know the idea that balance is is the jedi being in power is is a faulty concept because the light side shouldn't have more power than the dark side they should be in balance and the bendu it it, it occupies that space mm-hmm. and and the father also occupied that right. space yeah um and so you know uh, and i think that there have been jedi over the years that have also uh occupied that space i feel that qui-gon really understood that um he mentions in the phantom menace the living force and oh, yeah. the right. living force yeah. is different from the light side or the dark side the living force is the is the essence of the force that is created by all living things. Now, like we learned last season that those spiders are somehow connected to the dark side. Are they evil? No, but are they connected to the dark side? Yes. Right. Right. They are, they're carnivorous, but they're not evil. Right. Um, Right. And the dark side is not necessarily evil. And, you know, we've had other characters come through uh, like Qui-Gon represents the light side, but is more balanced and then we ended up with Asajj Ventress, who started off much more unbalanced, but by the end of her story is very balanced, but still represents the dark side to a certain degree. So, you know, you look at those characters 
and you can sort of see that that there have been Jedi or or you know uh, uh, Jedi like characters in Star Wars that have occupied the same space as the Bogan. Um, but he, I feel like he is he is not necessarily neutral because he obviously helps Kane in here. But that that his perspective, what he says about the 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 Sith holocron, is is really the biggest part of it. Where he says, you know, like a, an object cannot make you evil. Your choices right. are what are what will determine that, right? And mm-hmm. and so like I. I don't know. I don't know how to feel about where this character is going to lead Kanan, where he's go, or or if he interacts with Ezra, where he's going to lead Ezra, um, what kind of an influence he's going to have on those characters. But I can tell you that I'm intrigued to find out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, for sure. Well, yeah. he gets awoken by the imbalance or maybe the conflict in Kanan. Yeah. Uh, and that's what awakens him. And it was funny too. Like you see this, you see the convoy land on his shoulder. And I don't know if that was like an Easter egg. Um, or if we should take anything from that. But again, that convoy is starting to find himself in episode three. Now we saw at the end of episode two, they're flying away from Ahsoka uh, or that battle. Yeah. And then we see him again here with the Bendu. Well, uh, yeah, so that was kind of interesting. The, the convoy uh, and, and Dave Filoni talked a little bit about this at celebration, I think mm-hmm. um, it represents the Ashla, right? Okay. The, yeah. It, it, especially at the end of, of last season it represented the ashla the 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 light side of the force and and i think it also represents ahsoka and i choose to believe that wherever what's left of ahsoka is that that convoy is part of that mm-hmm. um and and so yeah like i mean you could you could very easily interpret that the convoy is is what i sort of tipped off the bendu to this imbalance yeah. um and uh and, and 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 he wants to like this is the thing is that's that's where the bendu lives he lives in balance so is he necessarily going to um direct Kanan back towards the light no but he is going to attempt to mm-hmm. to correct the imbalance that is within Kanan because I because I think that Kanan is very similar to Qui-Gon where Kanan is a very balanced Jedi as well um he's not afraid of of aggression uh um he's not afraid of of fighting but he is also uh, a a very good person so um you know he sort of sits in that middle ground as well normally but right now he's sort of or at least at the beginning of the episode he's very into his own sorrow right so right right well the last thing i'll say about this and we'll go on is uh we find out that at least for now um he says canaan's sight cannot be healed um but he can learn to see through the force so for those wondering you know if is he ever going to be able to see again as of right now it looks like that's a no he's going to have to learn to use uh other abilities in the force so that was a kind of an interesting uh, nugget to find out that that uh, looks like he's blind for good. Um, the new Imperial commander arrives, Grand Admiral Thrawn. Thrawn has pieced together the rebels' recent activity and believes they are headed for the salvage yard. Thrawn will start his operations there and tear the rebels apart. So here we go, folks. Long awaited. Well, I guess not long awaited, but you know, here's a character that has been around for many, many, many years and. He's a part of canon now, was a part of the old legends. Now he's canon. Uh, I think, hey, you know what? For the introduction of Thrawn, 
you know, it sounds like he was recently promoted, Mike, by the emperor, um, which is which was kind of interesting to find out, especially when he comes into the room here. And guess who's back? Callus is back. So, you know, we talked about Callus obviously a lot last season and what his, you know, what his motivation is going to be this season. And for now, he's still sticking with the Empire. But, Mike, he has a, he has something he says that, that I picked up and I had to write this down. He says um, they're talking about, you know, Thrawn's victory at Bataan. And he says, Callus says, quote, civilian casualties outnumbered the insurgents. And this is Callus's opinion on that battle. And he, he, cho he chooses to look at that battle in a different way. Like, hey, you know, you won that battle, but a lot of people were killed that didn't need to be killed. And of course, that's just the part of war for Thrawn. But Mike, I thought that was interesting that Callus said that because I think and we've all thought this before that he is going to start his slow burn to defecting to the rebels. I don't know what do you think. About oh yeah, that? well you know when when that first uh, or the celebration trailer came out, I think we saw that moment where they were getting a, a a transmission from someone going by the moniker of Fulcrum, and mm -hmm. uh, and it sounded an awful lot like Callus to me, yeah. <clears throat> and I think that that is the best evolution for that character right now is for him to become an imperial informant and to be working with with the rebels feeding them information especially if he's got a, a bone to pick with thrawn which mm -hmm. um yeah i i think i don't think that you're reading too much into that at all i think you're right on track that's yeah. exactly what what's going on there yeah i love the way they're doing that because they're not just coming out and just you know we see we see callus and now he's always you know he's turned no, he's still going to be with the Empire, and he's still, but he's still got these little seeds of like doubt going on, and it's probably going to be a, like I said, a slow trickle, a slow burn to maybe the end of this season, or maybe in the next, who knows? That we'll see him, and that would be, oh man, that would be really cool to see that because we have all heard the the um, the theories about Admiral Ozel, you know, and about how he came out of light CB too quickly, and maybe he was a rebel spy that was working. But I'm like, well, if would he really sacrifice his himself to? to maybe jeopardize the empire maybe i don't know but you know we'll you know i've never heard i that's the first time i've ever heard that theory what Edward, yeah that's the first time i've ever heard that See, no way but if you go back there's a clone wars comic where admiral ozel is a republic officer and uh -huh. uh, and he's working with kit fisto and plo Koon, and uh and he does basically the same thing that he does in empire like he's a very oh, okay. brash um, but I, that's not necessarily canon. So, so yeah, yeah, no, I like that. I like that interpretation to Admiral Ozzel that he's not actually incompetent. That, that, and maybe Vader Purposely, suspected, yeah. right? Like that's why he kills yeah. him. So and that's why he kills him. Yeah. So, you know, that we could be going down that same path with uh, with Cal. So it's God, this is so many great storylines that are just slowly. Yeah, so great. Season um, three, man. Season three. Yeah. You know and. And let me say this before you continue, Mike, Thrawn, yeah. we talk about Thrawn and how, you know, we're going to find out how much of a great tactician he is and how smart yeah. he is. And, and he actually points out something that shows how smart he is. He's able to see the correlation of seemingly two separate incidences with, with like the Rebel Alliance here, the rescue of Hondo and the attack on a mining guild, you know, could be two separate events, but... Thrawn knows that it's all part of this bigger plan, and he's able to see that. And he's able to piece that stuff together. Whereas these normal, 
you know, like Governor Price and all that, maybe they don't see that. And they're kind of questioning him, but he goes, no, no, no. You know, he's basically saying, I got this handled. So I thought that was really cool how they show Thrawn and his smarts. And we're obviously going to get a lot more of that, but this is the beginning here. So uh, go ahead, Mike. I'll let you continue. Yeah, for sure. Uh, analyzing Chopper's scan of the yard, the rebels find that only 14 Y-Wings remain. While the mission is only to scout, Ezra commands they move to steal the fighters now. Despite the crew's objections, the Phantom heads for the salvage yard, but with poor visibility, it slams into a dismantler droid guarding the station. The Imperials know the atmosphere has been has been breached. Rex takes care of an attacking droid, but the ship has suffered damage. Sabine docks the Phantom to the station's underbelly, and the crew goes topside. Commander Titus notifies Governor Price of the Rebels' presence. While the Rebels reach the ship, uh, ships, they must they must refuel them. So that so we get there, um, mm-hmm. and you know everything that can go wrong does go wrong on this mission. And rather than pull out um, and and sort of regroup um, um, yeah. or take the loss, Ezra just keeps pushing forward. Right? Yeah. He's the, the, this this um, impulsiveness is yes. a little bit out of control with him yeah. at the beginning of this, right? Um, it's it's really interesting actually to see him behave this way. He's always been an impulsive character, but but it's sort of it's sort of to the nth degree um, yeah. this season, right? So, yeah, it's a he's a little he needs to sort of to pump the brakes a little bit, but uh, well, here's a here's an instance where I I think he he needs and he misses and they need Kanan here because Kanan probably could reel him in. I, I'm thinking he could. I mean, yeah. he does act really impetuous, like you said. I mean, he's matter-of-fact about, hey, we got to do it now, and we're going to do it, and he's going to lead the mission, and he's going to do it. But I think if Kanan was there, he might have... Ultimately, I think they still would have done it, but I don't know. Just having Kanan there, I think, is 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 something that he misses, and, and he's going to come back, and we'll see that here in a minute. Um, but yeah, I mean, Ezra, he's, he's ready to... The full bore since the beginning of this episode, man, he's just been on fire and he's been attacking. He's been attack mode the whole time. So uh, he continues that here. Uh, Mike, we'll go to the next section here. The Bendu works with Kanan on sensing the planet's deadly spiders. Kanan realizes he, he himself is filled with fear. He resolves to go back to the team and help as Well, I'm your apprentice. He's in danger. No, it's not Ezra. Or the spiders. It's it's me. Fear, grief, anger. That's how they see me. That's how I see myself. I distanced myself from everyone. From the Force, too. Your connection to the Force allows you to see in ways others cannot. If you can see yourself, you will never be truly blind. Kanan Jarrus, Jedi Knight. I understand. Where are you going? Ezra needs me. They all do. What of the spiders? I can see them, so there's nothing to fear. And what of this? 
So this is really cool, Mike. I love this scene, seeing Tom Baker and, and Kanan and Freddie Prince do this scene. Um, we get, Kanan continues his meeting with the Bendu. Uh, he gets this lesson in the force. And Kanan is using all of his senses now. He has to use everything but his sight to relate to the crick now, the, to the spiders. He's got to use, he talks about it you know, just before, the, the smell, the sound, the vibrations. It's kind of like, you know, we're getting that lesson from Obi-Wan when Luke has the blast shield down. He goes, you don't need your eyes. Um, use your other senses. Feel the force flow through you. And it's kind of one of those type of lessons that he's getting. And Kanan realizes that it's in him. You know, he has this fear. He has this anger, this grief. And it all comes probably from what happened to him and what's going on with Ezra. And he's got all that tied up. And it just that's what's causing this these uh the krypna to react to him like you said mike and he finally realizes that yeah ezra do needs him he needs to get back there and and continuing with the bendu here you know with with the force awakens mike we've seen that you don't necessarily have to be dark or light or for uh jedi or sith look at maz kanata you know we somehow think that she has some kind of a connection to the force and we've seen this this is a new thing now and this, I kind of think the Bendu is kind of like the same way. He's, like you said, he's he's in the middle. He doesn't, he's not a Sith or he's not a Jedi, but he has this connection and he knows how to to use the Force. So, really, really cool scene with Kane and Mike finally kind of figuring it out with the help of the Bendu. Huh? What do you think? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I think that you hit on all the notes. Um, it, it, it's it was really great that they gave this scene. Um, the room to breathe and yeah, I think that, that they yeah. could do that because it was the one hour premiere um, yeah. so this is where I'll go back to that tweet that you that you made uh, mm -hmm. about the uh, it not being as exciting as you were expecting or as you were hoping for um, yeah. I will take this over excitement any day of the week <laughs> I, yeah, the, okay. yes, that's cool that's cool it's yeah. um it, it reminded me a lot of of uh the sort of Yoda's teachings on Dagobah. Um and you know that might not be the most exciting part of the Star Wars trilogy, the original trilogy, but uh but it definitely has some of the meatiest parts, uh and some of the stuff that we're still discussing to this day. Um mm -hmm. and I mean obviously I brought it up in, in relation to this scene. Um, or in relation to the to this to this episode, um, but this is the scene that I was thinking about when you when I read that tweet from you. I was like, yeah, but yeah, we got this. Yeah, we got no. And, and right? my tweet my tweet kind of came off maybe like I was poo pooing it. And I yeah, really yeah, wasn't. yeah, It was just like you know you get from like I said you go from Twilight Apprentice with all this great action for sure. Darth Vader, you know, and and Darth Maul and the and all this stuff and. And but no, this was a great episode. I don't want to. I don't want any people to think that I didn't think it was good. Um, I just didn't think it had like the power of like season two's opening and ending. But you know, it was still fantastic. But go, continue, Mike. You were saying for sure. No, yeah. I mean, I just, I just think that um, look, Dave Filoni studied under George Lucas, right? And mm -hmm. and. Um, and I think that he, you know, we talk about the, the lineage of Jedi masters tonight. Um, and we go, okay, well, you know, Yoda instructed Dooku, Dooku instructed 
Qui-Gon, Qui-Gon instructed, Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan instructed uh, Anakin, um, Obi-Wan instructs Luke, Yoda instructs Luke, right? Like, and we, we follow those lineage, uh, and, and we put so much stock in that, um, in that fictional aspect. And then here in the real world, we've got the direct line between George Lucas, the creator, and mm-hmm. Dave Filoni. And so, um, you know, we see some stuff in The Force Awakens, and it's interesting. Um, and, you know, who knows what we'll see in Episode Eight? And, and I don't think that we'll get too much on The Force in Rogue One. There will be a little bit of a of a mention of it, I think, by, by Chirrut. But, but I don't think that we'll get a lot explored in mm-hmm. Rogue One. Yeah. Well, um, just to back just to back up your yeah. your feeling on this episode, I do think that you know not not that it wasn't exciting, but I think it made up for in in many ways and in spades it made up for in like the plot and the story. It was I mean with yeah. top notch, A plus. You know what I yeah. mean? So I, I got you there for sure. Yeah. For sure. So like what I'm saying, what I'm getting at with all this is that if you want to know more about the Force. And I'm not talking about metachlorians. I'm not talking about, you know, uh, the organizational structure of the Jedi Knights. If you want to know more about the Force, then you look at the stuff that Dave Filoni has worked on. Because the Mortis trilogy and now this um, and many other stories. um, If Dave Filoni had an influence, then George's ideas about the Force are contained within. Um, and I think that, that Dave Filoni is perhaps the best student that George Lucas ever had um, in terms oh, yeah. of this stuff. And, and so it really comes across in, in what bleeds into – and, uh, you know, we talked about it. He's not the supervising director on this episode. That doesn't mean that he didn't have a lot to do with how it came to be. Um, yeah. and, and he's going to continue to have a lot to do with how, how Rebels is shaped. So, you know, I, I – that influence is definitely there and it's felt in moments like that. But, mm-hmm. but that, that step-by-step process of Kanan relearning to see through the force and yeah. discovering, um, that, you know, uh, the Bendu is telling him like, you know, I can help return your sight. And, and Kanan immediately thinks of the physical, um, Right. which is his mistake because that's not what the Bendu is talking about because the moment he says ah your sight re- the sight returns right it, he's not talking about Kanan's ability to sense what's around him he can do that already with the force with with just with his regular senses he can overcome that but it's his inner sense it's his sense of the force itself when he he senses that Ezra is in danger when he realizes that the fear that he's feeling is not external, but it's inside him. That's when his sight returns. Right. So that's, mm-hmm. uh, that, yeah. that, like, that's, that's what I live for. You know, like that's what I'm, <laughs> yeah. that's why I'm tuning into this stuff. Laser yeah. swords and spaceships and all that. That's stuff. just all cherry on the yeah, top. Oh, you know? for sure. It is totally <laughs> just like the whipped cream and the cherry, but the ice cream <laughs> is the force. Yeah, and uh, and that's why we're all really there, you know. <laughs> definitely, uh, definitely. Yeah. Go ahead, Mike. Continue. <laughs> uh, the mission continues, but the rebels have been spotted, and the Imperials magnetically lock the Y wings down. Ezra heads to the tower to disengage the security system, while Rex stays to assist Sabine and Zeb against a dismantler. 
Ezra arrives. He mocks Commander Titus, pointing his lightsaber blade to the Imperial's throat. Titus says he's sabotaged the control unit. The only way to unlock the Y-Wings is to cut power to the entire station. Doing so would doom them all. Ezra proceeds to Titus's shock. Uh, and, and you know, he, he, he does it. He shuts down power to the entire station. And, yeah, uh, that's the crazy. The station yeah. starts to sort of rock and explode. And, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Ezra makes fun of Titus and his uh, demotion from Star Destroyer to now he's you know kind of basically running a junkyard now, so yeah. it's kind of funny. And he, like you said, he cuts the power to the station. And for a minute, you know, like he does it, like matter of factly, like, and then you know, I think he starts to figure out like, whoa, you know, what did I do? Because now he's kind of stuck, and he starts calling out. Uh, for Kane, and actually, we'll get there in a second. Let me get there. Uh, Chopper takes remote uh, control of the Y wings and moves them into space. But when he tries to set the hyperspace coordinates, he finds that they they have no hyperdrive. Then the Empire arrives. As the station crumbles, Ezra makes his way to the Phantom. Before he can reach it, however, it, the, a crane falls onto the ship and it sends it careening into the mist. Uh, Kanan, where where are you? He cries, realizing the mission has changed. The, uh, the rebels arrive. Sabine leads the Y-Wings into the command ship, and Kanan and Hezra rescue Ezra at the salvage yard. So, Mike, we got I didn't even think about this, but I read it in here. I forgot. We lost the Phantom. No more Phantom. Yeah, the Phantom uh, gets knocked loose, uh, and and uh, at first you're like, well, I don't know, maybe like they can they can retrieve it somehow, and then it explodes, <laughs> and you're like, nope, Phantom's gone. So. Um, yeah. It'll be interesting to see what happens there. All I could think was like, oh man, they just souped it up with that hyperdrive <laughs> and the new, yeah. the the yeah. uh, the astromech port for for chopper and all that stuff, and now it's gone. You know. Yeah. Um, oh man. Yeah. Does that mean Any I have more? to take it apart and and take it uh, my Lego one and remove yeah, it? Take from it apart. The... It's gone. It's I actually now. I actually have it. I have my <laughs> Phantom not docked in my Lego uh, uh, Ghost. But on uh, Rex's ATT, uh, oh, okay. yeah. So I have it like because they've got like the flat part on the top of that. Like I have it, yeah. I have it on there instead because yeah. because uh, everybody <laughs> loves that ATT. Man, that uh, is the best Lego set I've ever yeah had the uh, the pleasure of putting together. I don't know if I've nice. talked about it on the show, but <laughs> no, I don't think so. I don't think so. So good, it's so good. No more, yeah. No more Phantom, but. Uh, yeah, just real quick. I thought it was a really cool scene. You got the yeah. use of the, for, the force theme when you have, you know, the, the station is kind of falling and, and he's calling out for Kanan and Kanan hears him and, and they have this quick connection there and just the music and everything. And uh, he ends up saving him, which is really cool. I mean, we knew that was coming. But um, yeah, really kind of a kind of a nice scene, really beautiful scene there. So, Mike, let's go ahead and finish it up and we'll talk about this in here. Cool. Uh, oh, is this one me? Yeah. Uh, okay. Go ahead. Uh, I'll let you. I'll let you finish. Where that. are we? Where are we? Governor Price. Yeah. Yep, oh, okay. That's it. Cool. Uh, I lost track there. Uh, Governor Price contacts Grand Admiral Thrawn. Thrawn feels it is not the complete Rebel fleet. He orders them to. Uh, sorry. This is this is worded really, really awkwardly. Yeah. Uh, he orders them to break off the attack and let the rebels escape. Back at the base, Hera suspends Ezra's command for his reckless actions. He does not protest. Later, the Padawan apologizes for not telling Kanan that he was using the Sith holocron and thanks his master for coming back. I'll always come back, Kanan says. Your loyalty is admirable, Zeb, but this was Ezra's mission, not yours. At least we got the Y-Wings. They're not for us. 
We have orders to deliver these bombers to General Dodonna's unit. They're part of a wider rebellion we're working to build. It's growing every day. Well, I guess if we're going to defeat the Empire, we'll need all the help we can get. I should have told you I was using the Sith holocron. I wanted to believe it could help us. We don't need that thing. We'll find another way. Um, what'd you do with it, anyway? <laughs> it's safe. <laughs> oh, um, one more thing. I wanted to thank you for coming back. I'll always come back. Right now. Mike, I thought this was a cool scene because we got kind of, you know, it's been six months since the last time we saw them. Obviously, these two really haven't seen much of each other in six months. So this is kind of like we get to see them at the end of their, you know, Kanan's kind of hiatus and they're back together again and they're going to hopefully start working. But, you know, we'll see what happens with Ezra and, and his connection and how he turns. But uh, this is all about like what, what Hera says and what Thrawn says just a little bit earlier in this, Mike. And... Thrawn says that he also says, you know, this is not the rebel fleet. He's he allows them to escape and much to the surprise of, you know, kind of like the other the other, I guess, moths in there. You know, you get pri or the governor's price and um, the rest of them. They're like, what's going on? Why are you letting them escape? And he understands that this is just a rebel cell. This is not the entire fleet. And and Hera has some powerful words here where she says, you know, this is a wider rebellion now. So she's telling us and Thrawn's telling the viewers now that it's not just this little cell, you know, with, with um, Sato and the ghost crew. I mean, it's it's growing and we haven't seen it yet, but maybe it's going to come around in this season. And the biggest thing to to tell everybody is that is General Dodonna. Yeah. They're, t they're taking the ships to Dodonna, who we're going to see in, in Star Wars A New Hope if you're going through the timeline. You know what I'm saying, Mike? So... A lot of a lot of stuff going on there at the end, Mike. A lot of um, calls to Star Wars and and this wider fleet. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, I really liked that um, that that shout out to General Dodonna and yeah. the uh, the idea that you know we, they've talked about it sort of in the recons that that um, this is a different group from the group that assaults the Death Star, like mm -hmm. that. We don't really see the fleet come together until Return of the Jedi, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and the assault on the second Death Star, like that is, that is almost all of the all of the Rebel fleet, right? They 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 right. gather near Solist and then they attack the Death Star together, um, and that's when we see A wings and Y wings and X wings and B wings. Um, the A wings and the B wings, that's uh, Sato's crew, right? right. Um, but the the uh, Sato and as well as uh, as Admiral Akbar. Think. And I and I think you know maybe we'll see Akbar. Um, have we seen Akbar yet? In Rebels? Yeah, no, I, not yet. Right? No, no. Um, no. you know, so maybe we'll see Akbar join up with Sato's crew at at some point, you know, and bring those two together and sort of see the Mon Cal uh, join yeah. in with the Rebel Alliance. But um, but the alliance hasn't been formed yet. Um, and by all accounts, what we're hearing is that the thing that really brings them together into the formal Rebel Alliance is the Death Star, is the mm -hmm. first Death Star. And when they get their hands on those plans, 
that's the, <coughs> sorry. And obviously when it destroys Alderaan, like that is the rallying cry across the galaxy of, yeah, you know, uh, the empire needs to be dealt with and we can't continue to work as a, as, as separate rebel cells. We need to be a rebel alliance. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, uh, and, you know, and, technically it's like the galactic uh, alliance to restore the republic or something like that they don't mon mothma doesn't actually call it the rebel alliance you know that's like a that's Mm -hmm. more so what the imperials call it but um right yeah it's a it it, it, it's cool to get that shout out actually in universe and to get that confirmation of like oh we get to see y-wings and there they go, because they're not part of this story. They're part of that other story that we already know. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think that we'll see a little bit more, see like a, a slightly different side to Dodonna's group or possibly another one of the rebel cells that is working with Dodonna's group and with uh, Saw Gerrera in Rogue One because we're seeing ships that we haven't seen in that, right? You know, we're seeing the Ewing, which is a completely new new right. ship but in the same time period and context that all of this other stuff's taking place in so um yeah i mean who knows maybe we'll get to see you wings in uh in star wars rebels before long but uh yeah good stuff yeah. man like you said no it was a great episode fantastic um, episode. solid solid start to the season and it, i mean if, if this is just the start man look yeah. out my you know? my only complaint is that like it got to like it ended and i went Oh, they broke it into two parts. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. like and then nothing came out like something I think a, a Lego Star Wars thing came on afterwards for us yeah. here in Canada and I was like, "Oh no, that was an hour. That was 44 minutes." Sorry. I yeah. I, I thought that that was just the first half. I would <laughs> I just, they, that's my only complaint. I just wanted more. It came so fast. Yeah. 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 It went fast. Good stuff. Hey, um just before we get to uh, what's coming up next week, uh, Mike talked about some of the Facebook and emails and stuff like that and Twitter. Yeah. Um, if, if you're not following us, do that. I wanted to mention uh, we had a, quite a few new likes since uh, last summer, and we, we got some new likes with doing uh, the Freemaker stuff. So I just want to shout out to Kevin West, Joey Letson, Mike Schmidt, Sarah Stout, Chris Bachman, Michael Bailey, Ray Francis, Bill Motts, Joey Anderson, Martin Sov, Alex Jameson, Martin Sanchez, Jack Gibney, Joseph St. Pierre, Xander Farr, uh, Tina Hansen, Salvador Colomno, Dan Lawman, and um, all of you, if I haven't mentioned you, we'll get to there, but uh, just thanks for liking us, and, and hopefully you're enjoying the content on the Facebook and, of course, the podcast where it all happens. Um, and like, like Mike said earlier, hit us up on Facebook and or Twitter or whatever, or email, and let us know what you think, um, ask questions, whatever, man. We just love to, to hear from you guys. We know you guys are listening, um, and uh, we just want to hear from you too, man. This is, uh, you know, we're just fans like you, so we like to hear your thoughts and, and yeah. theories and stuff like that as well. So Yeah, we're, uh, we're just dumb enough to record ourselves and put it out <laughs> on the internet. Yeah, exactly. Uh, next time on Star Wars Rebels, Mike, it's called The Holocrons of Fate, yes. when Maul takes the crew of the ghost hostage Kane, uh, uh, Ezra and Kanan must pass a trial in order re- to recover an ancient Sith artifact to save them. And here's a quick taste of what you're going to see next week. The next Star Wars Rebels. Kanan, it's not an Inquisitor. Who is it? Three friends in peril. Just an old friend. Two masters.
want the Sith holocron. One option. Andrew, who's Bendu? He's here. The Jedi returns, and with his students. I don't believe it. Your true struggle has only begun. Star Wars Rebels. There you go, folks. We got Bendu, we got Maul, we got Kanan, we got Ezra. Oh, it's all going down next week, man. I can't wait to see Maul, but I'm glad he's back too, man. I love this character, and he's already back in the second, uh, or I guess third episode, if you want to call it that. But, uh, man, I'm looking forward to that. What do you think, Mike? Yeah, I mean, Darth Maul's back. I, I, Ezra meeting the Bendu. Um, yeah, yeah, lots of uh, lots of exciting stuff yeah. coming up. Um, Good stuff. Yeah, I, I mean, like, you know, it, <laughs> that Darth Maul. <laughs> we just can't get rid of him. We just can't get can't rid of the guy. It's Chop so his funny. legs off. And yeah, you, like, man, like yeah. he dies at the end of episode one, and everybody goes, "Ugh, what a waste!" He was such yeah. a cool looking character, and then you know all those people who said like, "Oh, Phantom Menace is the worst. They kill, they kill Darth Maul at the end. He's the best part." The majority of those people don't bother to watch anything else prequel related so they missed out on the clone wars and they're missing out on star wars rebels Mm -hmm. and they are the ones who said they wanted more darth maul and and you know the more we get of this character the better he gets um i you know five years ago i don't think i ever would have said like oh yeah darth maul coming back is going to be one of the best things that ever happens in the star wars story right but it has been i mean like darth maul's story has been as deep and interesting as any other of the main characters in star wars i mean you know we've gotten his backstory and then we've gotten everything sort of filled in from the phantom menace up until now and uh, and when he returned at the end of last season it's like man this this guy just won't stop he just won't stop (laughs) And, yeah. you know, I, I got to imagine he's going to keep kicking around until that one fateful day when yeah. he finally manages to track down Kenobi. And Kenobi, they can, yes. And they can finish what they started all those years <laughs> ago. And hopefully it's in a movie. Hopefully I, 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 Ewan McGregor and Ray Park can, uh, can get themselves back. Although, you know what, at this point, at this point, honestly, no offense to Ray Park, because like all respect to the dude. I mean, Darth Maul is mainly who he is as, as uh, physically as a result of Ray Park's contribution. But I think Sam Witwer deserves a crack at that. <laughs> there you go. Oh yeah. I think that Sam Witwer deserves to be done up in the makeup, and you know, like they can get Ray Park or anybody to come in and do the stunts and do the flips and stuff. But I don't think that Darth Maul would fight that way anymore, anyways. Um, Got you know robot legs and stuff, right? He's he's got yeah. he's slower and older, whatever. Um, yeah, no, I think you get Sam Witwer done up in that makeup, make him look a little older, make him look a little bit more uh, uh, like a Dathomir uh, Knight brother, and uh, and put him up against a, a an older but not too old Obi Wan Kenobi, uh, played by Ewan yeah. McGregor. And uh, man, I think that. I think you sell a lot of tickets to that price fight. Oh my gosh! Can you imagine? And here's the thing. I'm and I'll leave. We'll kind of end with this. Ray Park, if you follow him on Twitter, a while back, maybe a month or two ago, he responded to a a Twitter question, and I thought it was very interesting. And I don't know if he was just messing around, but somebody posted it. Was it was a picture of him 
uh, in the air, and Kenobi was in the air, of course, Ewan McGregor, and they're about ready to clash lightsabers. And it was a promotional shot that was done for episode one. I, you probably remember it. It's them in the desert. They never, obviously, they never fought on Tatooine, but it was a promotional picture that they had done. And somebody tweeted Ray Park, and they go, hey, um, you know, what was up with this picture? And then Ray Park responded, oh, it was just a promotional thing we did for the movie, just some pictures. And then he, he tagged onto that, and he goes, but it may be um, signs of things to come. And I'm like, whoa, what is going on here? Either he's just promoting it, that he wants that to be seen, or they reached out to him and said, hey, would you ever want to come back? Of course he wants to come back, but <laughs> can you imagine to get him? This, this is a story that, like you said, this is how it should end with, 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 um, with Darth Maul. It's like he goes back to face Kenobi one more time, and we get this epic thing that we could see in a movie. Oh my gosh, but take what you will from that tweet. I don't know if you could still find it out there. I don't know if it was something that he was just throwing out there just to have fun. And it, even if it, he was having fun, I mean, man, he got me because I saw that and I retweeted it and I go, man, what's going on here? He kind of did this little well, wink wink thing. You know what I'm saying? So Ewan McGregor, Ewan McGregor has been very vocal that like the second that they call, and yeah. say put the robe back on. I mean, obviously he came back and did the voice for for the Force Awakens, right? They yeah. only used part of it because they managed to get that Alec Guinness clip as well. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I mean, Ewan McGregor is game, and if yeah. if Ray Park is game, um, I can tell you. I mean, like, look, if anybody from Lucasfilm is listening, if anybody from Lucasfilm is listening right now, if even if you're only like like tertiarily involved, but you can get this to them. Every single person listening to this podcast is also game. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's not a huge number, but I can tell you that it's, there's, it, you know, we could fill a few theaters at least. <laughs> I, so, yeah. you know, like, come on, let's go. Let's do it. Let's see. And oh, like, if you're having a hard time, you know, I, I, I'll, I'll help you break the story. <laughs> you don't even have to give me a credit. Just, just. Yeah, just fly me down and just let me hang out at the Presidio, yeah. or wherever, or the or the ranch, or put me uh, up in a room. Yeah, yeah like just 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 let me come hang out with you guys for a couple of weeks, and I'll help you. I'll help you figure out this story. I got some ideas. I got some. <laughs> I you know, I like. I mean, I I got a whole I got a whole Obi Wan trilogy for you, but yeah, uh, yeah. Um, good yeah. stuff. I man. mean, you Woo! know, yeah, yeah. Like, like everybody, you know how to, I'm on the internet. You know how to get a hold. Yeah, <laughs> I like it. I like it. Awesome. I guess that's gonna do it for this week, though. That's it. Uh, thank you guys for listening. As always, you can stay up to date with all the latest Star Wars Rebels news by heading to rebelspodcast.com, where Tim does the best possible job of keeping you guys in the know with all the Star Wars Rebels news. Uh, you can also follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Rebels Podcast, and on Twitter at Rebels Podcast. And uh, if you uh, if you got some feedback for us, uh, rebelspodcast at gmail.com. But you can hit us through any of those. And uh, rest assured, we are paying attention. We are listening. Um, we are also part of the Thunderquack Podcast Network. You can head to thunderquack.com to check out all the other podcasts in the network. We've got some great stuff. we got Talking Time Lords with Jason and Paul. we got the Double X Files with Courtney and Allison. Uh, and we got some exciting new stuff that we are developing. We've had, you know, I want to be honest and be a little bit, a little bit candid right now. We've had a couple of misses with some of the podcasts and that's bound to happen. You know, we, we've, we've produced, I think 
10 or 11 different podcast titles over the years. And uh, and that's not even including some of the ones that I did before Thunder Quack was a real thing that never really went anywhere. Um, not everything finds an audience. Not everything is meant to be a podcast. But we have a podcast that I can't talk about yet that is in the development phase right now that everybody in earshot of this podcast is going to love okay um and i'll as soon as i can share news on that i'm gonna share news on that Uh, i am so excited about it i'm not it's not even a podcast that i'm on uh but Hmm. but thunderquack is 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 putting this together and uh we're very very early i mean like when i say early i mean like today is when Uh. this has sort of started development but um Hmm. Uh, it is something that I'm really excited about. Um, and if you want something like what I am insinuating to happen, I mean, you guys don't even know. You don't even know, but trust me, it's going to be awesome um, if it happens. If you want awesome podcasts to happen, head to patreon.com slash thunderquack and support us over there. Every dollar goes back into the podcast. It helps us pay for hosting. Um we would love to get to the point on Patreon that we can start to upgrade some of our equipment, especially for some of the other podcasts. Uh, I think Matt and I do okay with the audio quality. I think that Quiver is kind of eh. Um, Amanda and I could use an upgrade there. But um, but there's a couple of the other podcasts that, that you know, they, they could use support from listeners to help get them to that point. So patreon.com slash thunderquack. You get some cool bonuses by supporting us over there um and uh, and you know you're part of the club you know you're you're yeah, you, yeah. you become part of the thunderquack family so For sure um we appreciate everybody who is a supporter over there on patreon and everybody who's who's gonna plan to support us in the future but if you want more awesome podcasts that's what needs to happen people mm. people need to head over there so and people are always going like oh you got a new like what's a new podcast to listen to well if you want new podcasts to listen to Help us out, support us. Um, we we keep on trucking regardless, but uh, but it definitely helps mm-hmm. um, all the support that we get on Patreon. So uh, thank you to everybody who does support us. Thank you to everybody who listens. Um, and you know, even if you can't support us, just just listening or you know, like really, like I uh, we never ask for this. Go to iTunes, rate us, I uh, share us on Facebook, invite your friends to the pages. Um, just, you know, download an episode, stick it on a, on a USB drive and hand it to your friend if that's what it takes to get Mm. them into the podcast. But, uh, I, you know, the more listeners we have, the, the bigger, the, 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 all of our initiatives get, um, the one last thing that I'll, that I'll tell everybody about is that we set up a, uh, a store on Redbubble, uh, which is an online, um, I don't know, like, I guess like I, I, it's not, it's not just t-shirts. Um, they, we do, we've got like mugs and phone cases and like all sorts of stuff, um, that you can find through, oh man, what is it? Is it redbubble.com slash thunderquack? That would be really convenient. Uh, I don't think it is. I think it's thunderquack podcast network. Convenient. Oh, no, I think their URL structure is is weird. Um, mm, mm, this is gonna frustrate me. Uh, <laughs> give me give me like half a second here, and I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna find it. Let's, Let's figure it out. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. 
Uh, okay, so here's where I messed up. It is slash Thunderquack, but it's redbubble.com slash people slash Thunderquack. And if you go there, you will be able to see um, we've got stuff going up for all the podcasts. Um, we've got stuff for, for Rebels. We've got stuff for Quiver. We've got stuff for Double X Files. Um, I am working on a really, really cool design for Talking Time Lords that I think the Doctor Who fans are really going to like. Um, and, uh, and, and we're, we're sort of trying to work that angle as well. So if you guys, uh, if, if, you know, Patreon's not really your thing and you're looking for a little bit more of a direct correlation between, uh, money out and getting something back, heading to redbubble.com slash people slash thunderquack is the best way to do that. I'm going to, you know what? I'll end up setting up like a redirect or something like that. That'll get you guys there faster. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's definitely something to check out. And, uh, and, and I'm going to work on a, 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 a rebels design. Um, some, I, I haven't quite figured out what I want to do yet, but, um, mm. probably something to do with the, with the J guys, like on Kanan's, uh, on Kanan's mask. Um, yeah. um something like that. But, uh, yeah. if you guys have suggestions, if you guys have ideas for, for t-shirt designs or something you'd like to see on some merch, uh, let us know. But, um, that's it long episode uh double episode coming back so uh thank you guys for sticking with us thank you guys for returning uh thank you for those who stuck with us all summer uh during freemaker um we appreciate all of our listeners but yes. uh that is it for this week we will be back next week with i close i moved away hold the call sorry it's been a long episode the holocrons of fate uh yes. see you next week see you guys next week